All right, what is going on, everybody? It is your good old boy, JR, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. It is so awesome to hear from you guys again. I know I've been away from the game a little bit, but I am so happy to be back. And what better way to come back than having our official kickoff for 2023 NFL mock draft season? It is that time of year, folks. All the questions that are going to be asked will be answered on April. All the smoke screens, all the rumors what's right, what's going to be wrong, and it is just one of the most exciting times if you're an NFL fan, college football fan, mock draft uh, fan like myself. Uh, we love this. This is what we live for. It is so awesome to be back with you guys as well. Um, We're here. We're going to start this off, man, every day up until uh, the Sunday prior. Uh, we will be doing a episode a day of teams, you know, starting with number one all the way down to 31. Uh, no 32 this year in the first round. Miami did forfeit their first rounder due to the temperament of uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So that happens. You know, fortunately, Miami is out. But we're going to start it off with the team that did finish first. Now, although another team is picking, we are going to be talking about the Chicago Bears today. The Chicago Bears ended up being the number one pick. And we're going to explain how it all went down, why they're no longer the number one pick, everything in between. So the Chicago Bears had a rough year, finishing the year 3-14, and 14, having the 23rd best offense and the 32nd defense. So that mystique that Chicago had four, five, six years ago, Chicago having a terrifying defense, it is no longer there, folks. This is a complete rebuild. From the bottom up, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, there's no way to put it. It is rebuild time in Chicago. However, I don't like to look at the negatives here. I'm going to try to focus on positivity because that's what this world needs more now than ever is positivity. The Bears do have one piece on the team right now that is worth mentioning. And it is probably the most important piece, bar none. To any football team. It is the quarterback. Justin Fields has proven. He is. Deserving. Of being an NFL starting quarterback. Now. When you look at his numbers. Nothing impressive. But he did lead the team in passing. With 2,242 yards. 17 touchdowns. And live at 11 interceptions. He was also the team's. Rushing leader. With 1,143 yards. And 8 touchdowns. His main target was Cole Komet, 50 receptions, 544 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Now, when you look at those numbers, when you hear those numbers, they are atrocious. But the fact that Justin Fields had to lead the team in passing and rushing tells me one thing. Anybody out there that is putting articles, publishing articles, I should say, going on TV, and still banging the drum, or we're bringing the drum up until that point that Justin Fields needs to get traded, deserves to lose all credibility, and never watch another NFL game again. That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. The fact, the fact that there are people out there saying Justin Fields deserve to get traded. No, Justin Fields is the reason Chicago Bears are not 0-17, folks. 
listen to what I just said. He had more rushing yards than David Montgomery. His best weapon was an above average tight end. He has no wide receiver help. He is his own running game. And his defense. Let's talk about this for a second. His defense was the worst in the league. Nobody had a worse defense this year. Statistically, talently, depth, everything around it, the Chicago Bears defense was the toughest defense to watch play football. And last year when I was doing these picks, these division picks, I had this gut feeling that Chicago was going to have the number one pick. Now, the unfortunate side of it was they weren't supposed to get the number one pick, but Houston decided to win. That's how last week of the year, and that's how Chicago ended up at number one. And look at this. Nicholas Morrow, six-year linebacker, undrafted journeyman, led the team in tackles, 116 tackles. Eddie Jackson, probably the last key piece to that great defense that Chicago had all those years ago, led the team in interceptions with four. Go figure. Jalen Johnson was hurt, and it's a shame because that kid can play. It's a shame because Jalen Johnson can play. He is a good corner in the NFL. But if I were to ask you, without even looking it up, without you guys even looking it up, don't hit pause. Just take try to take a guess. Who do you think led the team in sacks? Remember, they traded Roquan Smith in the middle of the year, so you know it ain't him. Robert Quinn got traded to Philly. Akeem, Hicks, Akeem Nix is no longer there. So who do you think? Khalil Mack got traded in the offseason to the Chargers prior to the season starting. So who do you think led the team in sacks? I will give you guys about five seconds to figure that out. Take a guess. And there's your time. If you have anybody than Jaquan Brisker, you're wrong. Jaquan Brisker, and I know people are going to hear this episode and say, who the heck is Jaquan Brisker? Rookie safety out of Penn State. Finished the season leading the team with four sacks. Four. Your safety leading sacks is almost as comical as your linebackers leading in interceptions. You're telling me your two safeties were at the top of the sack and interception chart. This is why I have a feeling the Chicago Bears defense was ranked 32nd overall. And it's not even the fact that people had this audacity to think that just because of how the season went, Justin Fields needs to get traded. Let's... Let's take a step back and really look at the big picture here, what happened. Do we all remember week one when Chicago took on San Francisco? No, you probably don't because that was such a long time ago. Justin Fields outperformed Trey Lance, the uh, the golden child that everybody, San everybody, including San Francisco fans, thought was going to take over for Jimmy G. Yeah, how's that looking now? He got outplayed by the... Fourth quarterback taken in the draft. Then let's just go down a little bit more. They played New England on Monday Night Football. And he outperformed Mac 
Jones. Now, credit, I'm not going to give Mac Jones a lot of uh, crap here because Mac Jones had no offensive coordinator last year when he lost Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders. And Bill Belichick tried to do Bill Belichick things, and he he's starting to realize, you know, it only worked because Tom Brady was kind of there. You know, just kind of throwing it out there. He outperformed a Mac Jones. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Fields is... The even Trevor Lawrence couldn't have this type of success. Trevor Lawrence still fumbling the football, and that's what Doug Peterson, a man who prides himself on offensive line in the running game, and you're still fumbling the football away. Why? Justin Fields to me took the biggest step forward year two. Out of all the other quarterbacks that were drafted last year. And he's only going to get better. Because they're doing everything they can. To improve his team this year. So they ended up finishing 3-14. and 14. No big deal. Number one pick. The whole mantra of should he trade? Should, should the Bears trade Justin Field? What sense would that have made? You're going to tell me you're going to trade Justin Fields to another team who... Just saw that. And I bet you they would have taken it too. Chicago made the decision that Justin Fields was going to be their starter when they traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. That was the decision they made. To me, Justin Fields is the Chicago Bears right now. He's all they have offensively. Now... They did have the most cap space heading into this offseason, which is awesome, which is awesome. So they're doing everything they can. They're doing everything they can. Offensively, they brought in Deontay Foreman, Robert Tunyon to kind of match up with Cole Komet, P.J. Walker, who, let's face it, had a little bit of a story, you know, XFL MVP, gets to Carolina, does his thing. You know, he had that amazing throw against Atlanta where uh, – he found DJ Moore, and I think it's going to be amazing to see. Um, he deserves a backup job, and I think if anybody deserves to backup Justin Fields, PJ Walker is it. And then you get, you know, at least you know you got a backup now, so that's that's a really good sign. Travis Homer, um, again, David Montgomery is gone, so that's why they had to bring in Deontay Foreman and Travis Homer, which kind of stings. But Travis Homer. Um, as amazing speed back, a little bit of a scat back, if I could say, especially when you want a third down situation, he's kind of your all purpose third down back. And I think that's a great pickup. Nate Davis, offensive lineman, uh, they need offensive line help for Justin Fields to stop scrambling. There's a reason he was leading this team in rushing his offensive line couldn't hold up, but defensively, this is where I think it gets interesting. This is where I think it gets interesting for Chicago. You bring in an Andrew Billings, a former first-rounder, um, great big man in the middle, anchor that defensive line, run stuffer. You bring in Demar- Demarcus Walker, who can play edge. He can come off the speed. Younger than Robert Quinn, come off the speed. Has had a little bit of a bounce back. When he was drafted in Denver, very high and kind of let down, he's been having a bounce back. And I think he's going to find the right uh, right fit in Chicago. TJ Edwards, um, don't have to say anything other than he was part of a starting caliber NFL defense that just went to the Super Bowl in the Philadelphia Eagles, who were literally one game away from winning the Super Bowl. 
And of course, I would be amiss to not bring up that they got Tremaine Edmonds uh, from Buffalo. Uh, And he's only 24. Only 24. So the pieces, they're building. Chicago's in a nice spot right now. They're in a nice spot. But they literally went Wonder Woman 2 on us and went, we're in a nice spot, but it can always be better. So what do they do? Well, the Panthers called up. And they offered him a deal. And I, for Chicago, I would have never said no either. How great of a deal is this? You give Carolina your number one overall pick. While you receive pick number nine. So you still get a top ten player in this year's draft. 61. Okay. You get a first rounder next year. Awesome. And you get a second rounder in 2025. And what's the cherry on top of all this? What is the cherry on top of all of this? It is... DJ Moore. You get DJ Moore as a package. They already gave you draft capital. Now they added a very young offensive wide receiver. Let's face it. Not saying that he was wasting his years in Carolina, but you can tell he was destined to do better things. Now you have him paired up. With Justin Fields, finally Justin Fields gets his number one target. So far, I give the Bears free agency offseason grade a low A. High B, low A. Every Now, I would have given it a little bit higher. My only concern right now is I think they should have added another corner. Now, there's still some good corners out there, but I thought for sure they would have been in play for one of the top corners. You know, I thought for sure maybe maybe a Jalen Ramsey. Um, I know Marcus Peters is still out there. You know, I thought for sure they would have tried to get a corner to kind of solidify maybe pairing up with Jalen Johnson and maybe get the secondary in check. But overall, the Chicago Bears are doing everything they can to make sure that they do not have a fiasco of a year again next year. In a division that they're in where, do we believe Minnesota can do it again? They can have a miraculous season again? Maybe. The Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay? We don't know. And can Detroit finally be the team we all expect them to be? I don't know. I think it's interesting, though, that this trade happened immediately after the draft. Literally just a few days after the draft. Or not after the draft, I'm sorry, the Combine. I think, in my opinion, I think Frank Wright, the new head coach, the general manager, Josh McCown, the quarterback coach, and David Tepper all went into a room, sat down, and agreed. We might have an amazing defense. We have an amazing skill set at wide receiver with DJ Moore. Our running game, we got Chubba Hubbard, who came on last year. And our offensive line is halfway decent where if they can just keep playing together again they're gonna know their tendencies and i think their offensive line is gonna prove together second year being all together i think they went into that room saying as long as we got all this we need a quarterback because when you really look at the nfc south what you're really looking at is the saints are betting and gambling that Derek Carr is the answer in that they can win the South. 
Atlanta's trying to figure it out. Tampa Bay is kind of like in a rebuild mode. No, not kind of. They are. So we don't know what the future of the NFC South is. But Carolina, I think, came to a room. They All the staff came to a room and said, as until we can get our guy, we probably will not compete in this division. And why not get a head start now? Knowing, knowing you don't know what the future holds for the NFC South. I think it was very gutsy of Carolina. I think they had the most assets to give up. And for the Panthers, or I'm sorry, for the Bears, you get a nice haul. You still stick around at nine. Who says you can't move up? Who says you cannot move up? So it is what it is now. But here we go. It is time for the uh, selection. So in my mock draft, pick number one, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting C.J. Stroud, quarterback from the Ohio State University. Listen, there's nothing much more I can say about him that hasn't been said 100 times during the combine and throughout this whole draft process. 6'3", 214 pounds. He's a two-time Graham Offensive Player of the Year. Two-time Brian Greasy, Drew Brees, Quarterback of the Year. Big Ten Freshman of the Year in 2021. Third-team All-American in 2021, second-team All-American in 2022, and two-time All-Big Ten in 2021 and 2022. And yes, I know the the th- the thing right now is, well, his play kind of fell. So did everybody else's. That includes Will Levis. That includes Bryce Young. That even includes Anthony Richardson, who didn't even have a lot to play for who hasn't even played that much, but we'll get to Anthony Richardson's another night. This is about C.J. Stroud. He finished the year with 3,688 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, and six interceptions. He took that Georgia defense to the brink in the semi-college football playoff game. Had that kicker not missed that kick, or let's put it like this, if the kicker was closer and didn't kick that stuff, didn't kick the ball into the tunnel... I think Ohio State would have been able to easily handle TCU. CJ Stroud to me took a tougher took a tough Georgia defense to the brink way better than a Bryce Young did in a national championship level game. And we're talking about Georgia's defense. That's Nolan Smith. That's Kelly Ringo, that's two amazing safeties. That's Jalen Carter. A lot of guys on this team that are going to hear their names get called very early and very quickly. He challenged him, and he took hits. Oh, did he take some hits? It wasn't looking pretty at first, but he took him to the brink. And if his kicker did not miss that kick, Ohio State would probably beat TCU. Not probably. They would have demolished TCU 100%. Um, I have to go C.J. Stroud here. Yes, it's tricky because we don't know what Carolina's doing. When you bring in the players that you did, you have no wide receivers. You have no this. You have your offensive line is the only thing that you have in your defense. Frank Wright, I think, 
it really comes down to, for me, it comes down to mechanics. It comes down to comfortability. For me, it's, I know you know how to play quarterback. Now I just have to teach you my system. And then we'll get this together. As opposed to, if you go for the athleticism like a Bryce Young, a Anthony Richardson. Can you get the same comfortability? We don't know. And I think that's what's going to make this mock drafts very interesting. Because we don't know what Carolina is going to do. We know they're going quarterback. We just don't know which one. And I think that's what's going to be interesting. But for me, for my money, I'm going C.J. Stroud. Uh, quarterback out of Ohio State. I think he'll fit with Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright has seen enough quarterbacks to where he went with athleticism. It didn't work out. He went with pocket awareness in Indianapolis. It didn't work out. He tried everything, and it just wasn't working. I think what he wants is comfortability, and I think you cannot get more comfortable than C.J. Stroud being number one in this year's mock draft. So for me, C.J. Stroud number one. Uh, to the Carolina Panthers. I think it just makes way too much sense. But, you know, you guys are more than welcome to let me know. You can check us out on YouTube on the Jocks uh, Wild Sports Show. Here, All Sports Talk Podcast. You can send me a message here, even on Instagram. On our Instagram page, the All Sports Talk Podcast Instagram page. Let me know. Shoot me a message. Hit me up. Who do you think should go number one? Is it CJ Stroud? Is it somebody else? Does Carolina trade back? We don't know. I doubt it, but we don't know that. For me, for my money, I'm going C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State, for the Carolina Panthers. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. The Houston Texans are now officially on the clock. Uh, We will talk about them, what went right, what went wrong, what do they have to do to improve And who do I think they're going to take at pick number two? That'll be coming up tomorrow with the Houston Texans. Until then, I am your good old boy, JR. You guys be safe out there. Take care. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.